Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is a podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running the rest of their lives in this mastering 40 episodes brought by so many, or should say brought to you by so many of our sponsors, um, sponsors that I'm just so fortunate that are with me on this journey, specifically Tracksmith, Inside Tracker, and Prevenex. So let's talk about Tracksmith because the cold weather's here. No doubt about it. I had uh, three runs this week, including a workout that were um, all below freezing. In fact, uh, one was about 15 degrees, 18 degrees uh, wind chill. And that's cold, man, for sure. And I was so glad to have Tracksmith apparel because as I was telling a friend of mine, you know what? The cold weather can be a pain in the butt, but it really is only a pain in the butt for that first mile. Because if you're wearing the right gear, after that first mile, you just feel good. It feels like a normal run. And that's exactly what Tracksmith was able to provide. Tracksmith is a Boston-based company that brings together just the best materials and community that, that runners can be provided. I mean, it really is truly an unbelievably cutting-edge, holistic company that approaches running from all angles. And I cannot thank them enough for everything that they do. So, for me, I love like the session pants. I love the session pants. They are perfect. I run a little hot, so I can wear those either, even when it's below freezing. And they are absolutely fantastic. Their turnover tights are also really, really good. And from their apparel, they have so many different kinds of layers for the winter that you can really customize exactly what works best for you. And believe me, you're going to be so glad that you did. So with all of that being said, go over to tracksmith.com forward slash rambling runner and use code rambling runner at checkout so that you can save $15 on your first purchase of $75 or more. So this episode of Mastering 40, I'm so happy to tell you that the injury scare that I had uh, during the, or to say right after my last 10K quickly abated. It was like this miracle healing, healing process where I can't even, I can't even stress this enough. Basically what happened is my, um, my deltoid ligament on the medial side of my right ankle, uh, was basically inflamed or slash strained from using the endorphin speed, uh, shoe. Uh, during my run. So um, that's a wonderful shoe for so many people. It's one of the most highly rated shoes of 2020. So nothing against them. It just didn't fit me. And that's usually what it is with shoes. It's not about whether a shoe is good or bad. It doesn't fit your feet and your stride and your body. For me, it's so responsive that it was just pushing my foot inside. So I basically what happening was happening was is that over time, little bit by little bit, the lack of support on the inside combined with the fact that the, um, you know, I basically landed hard on the outside of my foot and it was just rotating hard onto the inside because the shoe is just so darn responsive and, um, and extremely fast. I mean, if this shoe works for you, buy it because it's, it really does move, but, um, it doesn't work for me. So that's what caused it. Luckily the injury faded away after about a week and I was able to get back into it. And now I'm on to the next phase of the journey. So, um, 
the first, you know, three or four months was all about kind of laying the groundwork, laying the foundation for what the training could become once I got back into shape and healthy and consistently healthy. And I'm at that point. I'm so excited that I'm at that point. And now we're going to get into it, man. And not only that, uh, as I talked to Adrian and James in this episode, uh, when I recorded, shoot, I recorded my uh, segment with James earlier today. So Thursday at two o'clock. So I'm recording this intro Thursday night. You're going to be listening to this potentially Friday morning. And um, about 15 minutes before I'm recording this, my uh, my kids' school did shut down for the next three weeks. So uh, tomorrow's their last day of school, and then it'll be distance learning uh, through the holiday season. They'll have their normal holiday schedule, and then they'll be back in school. It looks like it's going to be um, Tuesday. Sorry, Tuesday, January 5th, but they're not saying that 100% yet, but that's what it looks like, again, unless something crazy happens. So that's going to throw a monkey wrench in the schedule. And I actually was fortunate enough to talk to both Adrian and James about that because it was definitely looking like that was going to be the case. So let's get into it. First with James and then with Adrian. Hey, James. Hello, hello, hello. I'm excited to chat. Our last conversation was fraught with what is going to happen. Ultimately, whole lot of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was fine. Um, and so I'm excited to, to talk more about, about running as opposed to talking about not running. Yeah, I think um, you, were, you, were, you were right in your caution. You were right in your fear, meaning there's nothing wrong with what you are feeling at all. Um, you figured out what was going on, but more importantly, it, it, it left as quickly as it came and you're back now and we're ready and you are ready to, to start building for a spring focus. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So, um, I was talking with Adrian yesterday about this and, um, people who are listening to the show right now, I haven't heard that part yet because we're going to, we're going to put your conversation with me first in the, in the lineup of, of the episode. But, um, you know, just talking about, you know, how I, you know, especially because I had that week off and we had talked about like, all right, this is the end of this season. We'll now prepare for the next season. And that led me to go down the line of like, all right, how, how, how did that season go? Right. What were some of the things that went well and what are some of the things that um, I was surprised by or whatever? And, you know, and I actually wrote about this today um, over on Instagram and then for the blog as well was just like the, the so excited that the health ultimately was was a huge positive and consistency was good. And, and those were the big the, some of the big keys for this fall and ended up working out really, really well. And for me, the the thing that was surprising was if you had told me like, Hey, you're going to be super consistent. Um, yeah. you know, for, yeah. for, for, for four months, I would be like, okay, well then I would have probably expect my fitness level to be in this kind of range. Um, and it, it isn't at that level. So my fitness has not bounced back the way that I would have expected it to. Um, and I, you know, ultimately I'm not like, super worried about it. I'm just like, it was more upon like reflection as opposed to like something that was just kind of like needling in my head. Um, you mean bouncing back from, from the, the, the injury. Yeah. Just like in terms of like, in terms of, um, I guess in the past, you know, I've never been the most consistent guy when it comes to running. So, so coming back into running and ramping it up is something that I'm pretty familiar with doing. 
It's, yeah. it's, happened, it's happened so many times over the last 10 to 15 years. So building back into it uh, is taking a little bit longer. And I think there's a lot of reasons why. You're a different person than you were years ago. Your life is different. Your kids are older. Your relationship with your wife is different. Your work responsibilities are different. Um, and physically, you are a different person. You didn't come into this uh, in the same level of fitness. You know, maybe, okay, so maybe there was in your past, there was some time off, um, but you came into this in, I don't want to say in a worse condition, uh, but in a just a completely different fitness. You know, I think, so I've got this athlete uh, and she's, she's an amazing runner and she, she had to take some time away uh, because of a bone issue that she had. And, and she actually came on board with me right as she was ready uh, to start running again. And she had been running a little bit on her own um, and she, she ended up getting a vitamin D test done and it worked out that her vitamin D was actually still incredibly low. So I really wouldn't let her do anything other than easy runs, hills, and strides uh, until she was supplementing properly and until that we, we, the, the test showed that she was much in a much better position uh, and, and the risk of injury was far reduced. But she was healthy. You know, her heart was healthy. Her lungs were healthy. Uh, physically, she was strong. She just needed a little bit more time. And off of just a little bit of work, she bounced back and... Uh, I mean, gosh, in five weeks' time, she was able to run five miles in 27.30 off of just easy running hills and strides, right? That's not the position that you were coming in from. You were coming in at this uh, in a completely different physiological uh, event, meaning part of the process was to lose some weight. So we had to work on that and, and work on your nutrition structure, and, uh, and that's going to take a little bit of time. It's almost like you've, you're training to be able to train to then be able to train, right? Versus before, <laughs> right. it was, okay, well, I took a little bit of time off, but I didn't lose too much because I didn't take that much time off uh, and I didn't gain 30 pounds, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to roll. But this time around, we had to train to be able to train to be able to train. And yeah, you had a little bit of hiccup with your foot at the very, the very tail end of it, but fitness-wise – Look how much you grew in those four months. Yeah, yeah. If I were to have started you out with workouts now, uh, then, oh my God, you would, I mean, number one, you would have fired me because I would have been stupid. For sure, for sure. And, and, that, and that was the thing where it was, um, I'm glad that I hadn't been thinking down, those, down these lines um, the whole time because it definitely would have been, yeah, it would have handicapped me for sure. And I, you know, that's the thing is that it, it has definitely progressed in a nice fashion. Um, and it was funny because it was like, I was looking at it like, all right, like how far am, you know, where am I fitness wise? How does this compare to where I've been in my life? Right. And putting it in that context, I'm like, oh man, like it's not, again, I would have been surprised if I was at this point with that said, um, you know, I would trade, you know, I mean, I wouldn't trade, you know, health for like short, quick gains, you know, ever. You know what I mean? Especially now. So, um, but it is interesting because now it's like, all right, I went through that period, right? That four months or so. Um, and as you put it, like, all right, now we're going to get ready for the spring. So how would you compare the upcoming 
and like basically where I am now because I'm I'm in it now. I'm running 35 miles this week, and then we're going to 40, and then whatever. So, what do you view in terms of like what I'm doing now? Um, in terms of comparing it to say what we did uh, a couple months ago and how you're framing it in your mind. So when we first started for a while, it was just time on feet. I just want you to run time on feet, right? That was really kind of the essential uh, of the block for four months. Let's just let's not worry about miles. Let's just run what the miles are. And now it's just time. Uh, and it was just time on feet. But now this block, in my mind, I'd like to actually go towards miles. I want you to be able to run five to seven miles at a clip and not feel like that is hard. So every easy run, my focus point is going to be five to seven miles. Some days are going to say six, but if you only run five because of time frame, that's okay. Some days are going to say six, but you're going to feel good and you want to run seven. That's completely okay. It's within the range of what it is I'd like to see happen on easy runs. And for you, in that frame of mind, a five-mile run, that normal easy pace is going to be anywhere from 45 minutes and a seven mile run is going to be upwards of 60 to 65, somewhere in that range, 45 to 65 minute easy runs. That's what I'm going to look for. I'm just going to write it out in terms of miles versus time, because I think you'll, you, you have enough experience and enough background to know if, okay, today, all I have time for is going to be a 50 minute run. I'll just, I'll get the miles that I'm looking to get. I am going to add a sixth day in, but those are going to be the optional, right? Ideally, we get a minimum of five, but I would like to see six more often than not. Unfortunately, we don't know how that's always going to play out with your schedule. We don't know how that's always going to work. So I'm going to plan for six, but expect five, which means on any of those easy days, if you physically just can't get it in, I don't want you to stress. It's okay to miss one of them. Honestly, it's probably okay to miss two every once in a while. I don't want you to miss it two every single week though. You know, like I want you to have a planned rest day and I want you to kind of give yourself freedom of either I'm going to take Mondays off this week um, or, you know, I, I can run this week but or on Monday, but on Friday, I know I can't. So I'm going to take Friday off as a plan, uh, as a planned day, that type of thing. But hopefully... We get to a point where you choose and also have the time in your day where you can have six days a week of running. That, to me, would be ideal. And if we can do six days a week, we will likely hover for, I would say, eight weeks, maybe 12, in that 40 to 45 miles a week range. I think that's reasonable for, for the time frame and the miles that you're going to be running. After eight to 12 weeks, we're going to change something. Uh, in terms of volume, probably closer to the eight-week mark. Uh, and that is going to be a little bit more specific towards half marathon specificity. So we're not going to, you know, we're not going to take this like three months and build and build and build just to be able to get back to where you once were. No, you're ready. You know, like you just said, you're you're already going to run 35-ish miles this week and you're not even trying for it. You're just going out there and running. Yeah, it's funny. Like today, I was like, it's a scheduled off day. I kind of want to run. And I guess that's a good place to be. I'm not going to be upset by it. You know, like I want you to take a rest day, you know, every week for you, for where you are right now, I think that's important. But on the days where you say, you know what, I got the time, I'm going to go for 30 to 45 minutes, go for it. You know, I want that. I want you to feel like that. And I want you to, to add those runs in as it makes sense. So long as we do have a rest day. Uh, I don't think it would be smart to go from 
zero to seven in six months. I think for you, for you, for where you are, I think that makes a lot of sense. Understanding how running plays a, a, a bigger role uh, and taking your other life responsibilities into consideration for the training. Yeah. So let's, let's talk, let's talk about those life responsibilities because I'll tell you what's going on right now. So I've had to kind of jockey back and forth between uh, the kids being in school and the kids not being in school. Um, just with them being in a quarantine a couple of times, like with them having close contacts, people who had COVID uh, and things like that. One of them was one time it was a teacher that they both have was the gym teacher at their school. So they were both home for two straight weeks, which kind of threw monkey wrench into it right now. Half the towns in Rhode Island, are moved back to distance learning as the numbers have spiked. In fact, like right now, um, you may hear every once in a while, my wife is upstairs teaching her kids. Uh, she's a teacher. So you know, her, what her town is to where she teaches is out. And I wouldn't be surprised in the next, you know, hour to day or two, if, if our, if our kids go back to that, which will basically send, these are the repercussions of that for me personally, uh, just in terms of my work and, my running is if they're home during the day, they're distance learning. Like I don't get any work done during that time. I tried to do it in the spring and it was so frustrating for me to try to do it that I'm now I'm like, I just wipe it away. Like it's not going to happen. I'm not going to try. I have zero expectations that I'm going to get any work done while they're doing their learning stuff because I just have to, I have to monitor them constantly. So, well, yeah, I mean, it's not like they're going to be, they're not going to be in school without monitoring. You know, right, like right, right. Of course, they need monitoring, right? Yeah. So, so that's so that's where that is, and then it's like okay, which means that I'll have to do my business stuff at night, which means okay. So, when is the running coming in? And what I'll, what I think will end up happening is I will probably end up doing a significant amount of runs in that scenario if it does come to fruition, which I think is very likely at this point. I'll probably be doing runs early afternoon on the treadmill in the basement. So um, I think this would be a great time. You know, I've, I've, I've talked in this podcast many times about, my tread, about treadmills and I talked about it with Adrian already. So the, the people who are listening now will hear that in a little bit. Um, let's talk about how you advise people uh, who are doing treadmill work. Um, who are going to be doing it you know, pretty consistently, not just like one-offs, like, hey, it's icy. Like, hey, this is going to be the, the main staple of my running for a period of time. So take everything I just said and throw it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and here's why. Here's why. Um, when you go for miles on a treadmill, uh, not every treadmill is created equal, right? Some treadmills, uh, you run faster. Some you run slower, meaning th- they feel differently. I can be on one treadmill in a gym. And it's my favorite treadmill in the world. And then I move over to a different brand treadmill right next to it. And I feel like I'm sprinting at the same speeds. Not every treadmill is creative equal. So we have to, on a treadmill, uh, unless it's incredibly accurately calibrated, um, we have to go by time. So understanding that if your treadmills uh, or if your runs are more on treadmill uh, because of necessity, then we are going to be staying towards time because seven miles on a treadmill, if it's reading seven miles on a treadmill, might be a real feel of five and a half because it's lying to you about how fast you're covering uh, or, or how slow you might be going. All right. So we have to go a little bit more based on time. Um, you know, I think treadmill running is incredibly advantageous. 
uh, for those who have them at home because uh, there's, you know, you're, you're safe. You know, you don't want to be running at night in the ice. You don't want to be worried about that um, at all during the winter time, especially in the Northeast or anywhere in the country, really. Um, running in the dark isn't exactly ideal either. Doing speed work in the dark or trying to do that on the on the icy roads is not ideal. So treadmill running is paramount. Uh, I had Kate Landau uh, do the vast majority of her training on a treadmill leading into the Boston Marathon uh, because of what was available to her because of work and being a parent uh, and the time of day that she was running. So for you, I think we're going to still find success. We're just going to keep it time at effort. Um, I think a big thing about treadmills is keeping cool, right? So you're in the basement. Maybe, hopefully, that's a little cooler, but sometimes it's musty. Uh, sometimes that air in the house can be a lot more congested and heavier than it certainly is going to feel outside. So keeping cool is going to be of utmost importance, maybe having a fan nearby. But I think often when I'm on a treadmill, because I run very heavy, um, I mean, I, I sweat a lot and, um, one of my athletes and I joke, but I have a heavy footprint when I run. So like I, it just requires a lot of energy for me to keep cool. When I'm on a treadmill, I generally have a wet, cold towel nearby that I can wipe my face with, wipe the back of my neck with, wipe my wrists with, and even my chest. Uh, because that cold, wet towel will help cool the skin down. I don't want to have a dry towel because I'm actually wiping away the sweat, causing my body to, to use more energy to sweat more to, to cool it down. I'd rather have a wet towel to keep my body cool because that cold water is going to help cool the skin, if that makes sense. Oh, I've never heard that before. That's interesting. It makes, it makes perfect sense. I'm surprised this is the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're on a motor, right? You're on a motor in stagnant air. It's not the same thing. Treadmills are really hard. I, I, people, oh, I, it drives me nuts when people say, oh, I'm cheating if I'm running on a treadmill. No, as long as your treadmill is for the most part pretty accurate or you understand its accuracy, treadmill running can be great. No, you're not running a 5K PR by three minutes when you're on your treadmill. Like if your 5K PR is on a treadmill and it's like three minutes faster than you would normally run outside, no, your treadmill is lying to you. Like that's just not true. But when you understand your treadmill's accuracy, when you understand what is going on with the device that you are currently using, then the treadmill can be a great device so long as you keep cool. <laughs> you can very well overheat when you're just running on top of a motor for an hour, hour and 30 minutes, especially since some of these sessions are going to get pretty big. All right. Let me ask you this question. Um, are certain strides better equipped for treadmill use than others? I say this because I'm, a, you know, and, and I talked to Adrian about like just like the mental side of running on a treadmill and, and overcoming this. And for me, it's probably just as much about mental training than physical training, running consistent miles on a treadmill because how much have I have a strong distaste for it. But I say this because I know there are some people who are like, I just feel effortless on treadmills and I always have. And it's framed in terms of like, it's not like I've only run on one run treadmill in my life. I've run on many. I just like it. I feel so good to me. And other people kind of go and fall in my boat. And in terms of like, wow, it just always feels hard. It just always feels harder. Um, so I wonder if there is something physically about certain runners that also can, you know, make that the reality. Yeah, I think quality of the treadmill can matter. If you have a belt that's really loose um, or you kind of like you feel like you're sinking into it. 
uh, versus a treadmill belt or a runway or a, a rubber padding treadmill, uh, like a Woodway or a Peloton. Those treadmills are very stiff. Even, even Life Fitness has a great treadmill. Um, it's a bigger one, but you normally find it in a gym. I think it's a seven or eight thousand dollar treadmill, maybe nine thousand because it's commercial. Um, you know, a stiffer belt on a treadmill generally gets you off the ground. Meaning, uh, when you're, when your foot is landing really far in front of you and it takes you that much longer to get over the top of that foot and then push off of that foot, the treadmill doesn't adjust for that, right? Like the treadmill, the belt is going one speed the entire time. And if your foot is landing way far in front of you, it, that contact time with the treadmill is going to feel different than being out in the road because you're not pivoting off your foot the same way if you were pivoting off your foot on the road, right? You are pushing your body weight outside. On a treadmill, you're just lifting up your knees. You're not pushing body weight. Right. So the longer you have a contact time for can, can, uh, derail how successful a treadmill run can be. Uh, cadence does play a role. If your cadence is 150 or 160, that means you have a longer contact time or you're jumping up and down and spending far too much time in the air. One of those two is happening. Um, yeah, treadmill is going to be a little bit more challenging. All right, so we want this pattern to be we don't want this you know that long cadence is going to slow you down a little bit because the belt is what's moving you're not getting a chance to actually move body weight got it got it yeah how do we work on cadence we work on your arms that's all i don't even think cadence is a real issue for me um you know i think ultimately that's just not yeah, I'm not in the kind of the 150, 160 range. I'm definitely in the one 170s. You know, if, if I'm going really slow, high 160s, but I'm probably in the 170s. So one thing that we can do is understand how much ground is your treadmill actually covering? And the only way to do that is to, to take a measuring wheel to it and have it roll at a, at a set speed. So we put it to like 16 minute mile, right? A four miles an hour. And we try to cover, uh, 250 or uh, 656 feet, 200 meters in uh, a period of two minutes. Now, if your treadmill says that at 16 uh, minute miles at, at, at four miles an hour, it covers less than 656 feet. Well, then your treadmill is lying to you on the slow end. If your treadmill says that you cover more than 656 feet. Well, then the treadmill is lying to you and telling you that you're running faster than you actually are. Right? So that's one way we can see if your treadmill is accurate. When John set the world record on a treadmill here in Flagstaff on our, our treadmill, that's how we measured and made sure that the, the it, that it was accurate. Uh, we measured it with a wheel at a set pace per mile with two different measuring wheels to make sure that the wheels were accurate. And it was spot on, right? I had another athlete do this and it was off by about 15 seconds a mile. Meaning when the treadmill read six minute miles, she felt like she was running 545s. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. It's funny. I, I, I was actually, I, was, I, I think this was, I think this was last year. 
during Brody the Olympic trials, um, Stephanie Flippin talked about she was doing treadmill work and she found out like a month after she was doing a workout that she had like basically like PR to distance on the treadmill by accident because she did a workout on the treadmill and just kept pushing and pushing and pushing, even though it was like she was dying on it. And then realized later, like I pushed myself way too hard. This thing was calibrated so incorrectly. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, the treadmill was lying to her. Right. Right. I right. Mean, that's just the reality of it. Right. So you can't always put the stock into what the treadmill is telling you. And certainly we are not going to use your watch. Oh my God, it drives me nuts when athletes use, use their watches or foot pods. No, 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 no. There's, it's, it's just not accurate. Number one, a GPS watch is never going to work on a treadmill. I don't care if you have a treadmill mode on your watch. You're running in place <laughs> under shelter. <laughs> it's not designed for that. And foot pods, man, they're terrible. You know, like it, it, running is, is becoming like golf where like, every aspect of your golf swing is is attacked and it is it is just like this money grabbing business running doesn't need to be like golf right? it's really simple let's just measure things out and understand what the realities are <laughs> right so no no foot pods no gps watches we're just going to understand the tool that you have and go based off of that got it all right Sounds good. And then you already talked about, all right, we're going to be running basically 45 to 65 minutes per easy run. And then again, no matter. And then, you know, it's funny because like I'll go on the treadmill and, you know, basically like just, just to put it in perspective for people who are listening, like I'll put, I'll pop it on there. I think last time I was on was like a month and a half ago when I was doing my easy runs at around 920, 930 pace. And like, I was only comfortable when I had it on my treadmill at like 5.5 miles an hour. Yeah. And it was like such like a head game. I'm like looking at it like, wait, what? <laughs> and it was like, and it was, you know, so for me, it like completely, like completely set me off. Not until I wasn't angry. That's probably the wrong phrase, but it, it definitely like, it, it was hard for me to really wrap my head around the effort as opposed to just kind of like zoning out and making it happen. Yeah. You know, I, I, Brogan Austin, who won the uh, 2018 uh, marathon is it 18 or 19 2018 marathon championship matt yana was uh, second that day uh brogan austin won that championship uh u.s championship i, I think i heard 95 percent of his runs was, were done on a treadmill right uh great success can come from treadmill running mike wardian does a ton of them mike wardian is insane with everything <laughs> that he, i mean he ran he ran a 50k world record on a cruise ship and then he found out that it wasn't actually the world record and so he slept for like six hours woke up the next day and redid it and set the world record <laughs> take that recovery take that right oh i mean the, the, what he does no one should ever compare themselves to the bearded wonder that is mike wardian uh he is a he is a he is a true uh you know, i would consider him the ninth wonder of the world <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. I, mean, I have to get going. Speaking of family life, I got about to, about to hop in the car to go pick up my kids at, um, at elementary school. But uh, I'm really excited. I'm excited that this is a 35 mile week. I'm excited to get into the 40s. Um, this is, you know, the the part of the journey that I was really excited about. This part of like, okay, you know, now that everything's rolling, I'm fine. I'm fit. I'm uh, not fit. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to 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 enter this stage of really, you know, gaining fitness at a, at a different pace and a different level. Um, and just from a weight perspective, in case anyone's curious, like I am, I have lost weight. So I started this journey at when it was 187. I then gained four pounds in like the first six to eight weeks, 
And since then, I've kind of retooled um, my eating habits uh, and, you know, used a lot of the information that I, that I gained in the first two months and just kind of fit them into me. Into, into me personally and uh it's worked really well so um last i don't weigh myself all the time but when i do i make it like an apples to apples comparison so um i'm wearing myself the same time of day and you know so, so that sort of thing like all right it's like all right it's right after a run after i shower and i always have like the same kind of breakfast so i try to you know have the same variables lined up um and last time i weighed myself it was i think it was down almost eight and a half pounds from where i was two months ago yeah that's great. So I'm at, I was at 182, 183. Again, that's 10 pounds more than I weighed this t- at this time last year or, you know, maybe 18 months ago, but a lot less than I weighed in August or September. It's all relative to where you are now, right? Like yeah. I used to weigh, you know, 215 pounds at one point. I was then at some point in my life, 185, 190 pounds bench pressing 275 doesn't really matter what, what used to be. What matters is where are things now and how do you feel now? Right now you feel pretty darn good and that, that's what we want to take away from it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, James. Thanks, man. All right, dude. We'll talk soon. All right, folks. If you know me at all, you know that I love Inside Tracker. All right. Looking in the mirror, stepping on a scale, that's not going to tell you if you're a healthy person. You need to go deeper. You need to go inside. So Inside Tracker, you know, it helps you be resilient, to live better, to take basically anything that comes your way and make the most of it. And the thing that they're able to do is really look at, you know, your 40 some odd biomarkers, let you know if you fall within the normal range of someone um, with your characteristics. And there's this huge survey you take, which is really, really deep and informative, which is exactly what you want. You want to get the most knowledge that you can about your body and where it is right now so you can make short-term and long-term changes to move you forward. And these are the things that you can't just look in the mirror and see, right? If you have an iron deficiency, ferritin, vitamin D, uh, hormone imbalances, these are the kind of things that can have a significant effect on you as an athlete and as a person, and you're just not going to know where they fall uh, for you if you if you don't you know have your blood taken and, and take a peek at what's inside. And that's why they call it Inside Tracker for a reason. And they do such good work. And I'll tell you what, you got to go over there now because their Black Friday type deal is about to come to an end. So their ultimate plan, their best plan, you can save. on their ultimate plan, but you better do it soon. This baby's going to end in a week, in a week. And you can buy all these plans too for a while. You don't have to like buy one and use it right away. You can buy one in advance. Go over to insidetracker.com. You have the link in my show notes. You go over there. The key thing here is make sure you use the code gift from rambling run. That's right. Gift from rambling run. You can go to the show notes to get the specific code that will save you all that dough. $200. I mean, my goodness, this is stuff you want anyway. So you might as well go there, save some dough while you're doing it and become the best version of yourself. Today's show is brought to you as always by my friends over at Prevenex. You've heard me talk about their products, specifically Joint Health Plus. I oftentimes talk about here on this show, And while you certainly know my feelings about it, you know, sometimes people view me as not necessarily an unbiased person here, right? Like I'm reading an advertisement, 
while I love the product, you're like, all right, well, can I really trust it? I know it's an ad. Should I really believe it? Well, believe me, I'm not the only one that feels so strongly about Joint Health Plus. I'm going to read some verified buyer reviews about Prevenex and Joint Health Plus. So Brittany M., age 34, I've seen a difference in the short-term use and looking forward to using this long-term. Immediate benefit, all right? Christine F., let's see what Christine had to say about Joint Health Plus. I've been dealing with occasional joint pain from running. I started taking Joint Health Plus and was so pleased with the result. After two weeks of starting it, I noticed a difference. I would recommend this product to all of my running friends. If you don't want to believe me, I mean, you should. I'm I'm an honest guy. You can believe me. But if you don't, believe the people who are trying this. They trust this just as much as I do. Go to Prevenex.com, that's P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com, and pick up Joint Health Plus today and use code RUNNER15 to save 15% at checkout. Hello there, Matt. How are you? Adrian, I'm doing so well. This is so funny. So this is the only conversation on the podcast that I ever have where I'm not the one who initiates the conversation, right? It's always like, hello and welcome to the show. But with us, (laughs) it's just like, you're the one that dives in. It's perfectly appropriate, but it always catches me. Like, wait, wait, should I talk right now? Hold on, what should I do? (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I actually had that thought. I'm like, wait, let's just pretend that he's walking into my office right now. It would be really rude if you greeted me first. That's fair. That's fair. So um, in this, to, to stress this metaphor to its breaking point, I apologize for not showering after my run before I came into your office because that's the state of things over here right now. You know what? Quite all right. So I'm sitting next to <laughs> a can of sanitizer. So we're just, let, let's just kind of do this exercise like you're sitting in the chair. And we're more than six feet apart, so I can't smell you. So it's great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, well, I'm excited to chat. Yeah, so talk to me. Yeah, um, so this is kind of like, you know, since our last conversation, um, yeah, perfectly healthy, ankles feeling really good, miracle situation with the ankle, which was so funny in retrospect. Um, You know, just ended up being a whole lot of nothing, just a one-week issue that was shoe-related, and it went away rather quickly. Um, So, you know, still, you know, basically like a week off, and then kind of easing back in um, per, per James's instruction. But, you know, this time has basically coincided with a cold streak up here in New England. So, you know, which is not unexpected, uh, but it's just kind of the confluence of events. And in addition to that, the kids had like a two-week social uh, – social, uh, I'm sorry, two-week uh, distance learning episode because of um, – Stuff going on at the school um, with teachers getting 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 sick and stuff like that, and now it looks like it, we could be going back in that direction. So like I'm like my schedule's like all mixed up with the running. It's so funny. It's like I had like a little thing like dialed in for a little while, and then like when the kids are home, like I just with the puppy, I used to be a morning runner, but now with the puppy, like we just I just can't do that. Because um, like my wife wakes up to do work before school. So like I can't just like bail and then have like the puppy going nuts. So so recently I've been doing runs like late at night, which is interesting. Um, but like, you know, once you start down that path, it's hard to like stop unless you have like a rest day to reset, you know, because you can't like it's hard to do like the all right, did the late night run up oh, morning workout like, oh, like. <laughs> You're like setting yourself up for like a, a rough go of it, um, which I guess sometimes isn't the worst thing, but it is, it is uh, an interesting thing. So 
um, trying to figure out the schedule. After dialing it in, I'm back to like back to kind of like testing the waters a little bit. Okay. Well, the good news is you have two good feet. That's encouraging. Yeah. Your ankles are working. So I got to ask, how late are these late night runs? So I'm leaving around eight o'clock. Okay. So um, I guess late is a general term in that sense. True. Yeah. But I think it's like in general running terms, uh, I started at 8 a.m. on Saturday. That felt early. So to each one's own with that, I suppose. <laughs> right. But right. um Anyway, so, you know, I think, like, how do you think you're doing with adapting to just, I don't want to say more the same with what this year has given us, but it's, isn't that what we've kind of all been seeing is, I know every situation's unique, we get in a rhythm, we're like, oh, cool, I'm in a rhythm, and then suddenly it's like we hit black ice and we're skidding around. How's that analogy for how things are going? Man, you're nailing it. You're nailing the weather <laughs> metaphors. Um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I definitely hear that. And it was funny because with like the schedule plus the weather plus like the kind of like a low, like coming off of a week of not running and then having it be like a pretty low key, like, all right, this is going to be like a more relaxed week. Like it was like goodbye motivation, you know, and <laughs> again, not, not, not that, not that again, I like that. I think there's once I forget who says it, but like the term was like motivation is for amateurs. You know what I mean? Like, um, and like I, I like I like the thought behind it. Like, if you're committed, like you don't need some sort of external motivation all the time. Like, it ha- you know, there, there's there's more elements that should be driving you, you know, to do the things that you say you want to do. Anyway, um, but there we are. Like, I was getting to the point where I was like, I think I had two like unscheduled day offs in a row and it wasn't for health reasons. It was just like, Oh, didn't get to it. And another time it was like, I actually thought I was going to get to it, but like, I didn't get to it. You know, it's like the weekends can be tough. Cause it's like, you try to jam pack all this stuff. It's like, if you don't, at least in our house, like if you don't go early on a Saturday, like you're probably not getting it in. Um, that's just the way it goes. So it's, um, yeah. So it's interesting. Like, I don't, you know, it's, uh, I don't see, especially if the kids come come back for basically homeschooling. Um, I'm not gonna have a choice. Like, I'm definitely gonna be running at night, like no doubt about it. Um, so I guess the nice piece is that like I've, I've had a, I've had a chance of doing it now for I don't know, almost a week, and like it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, definitely have to like be careful with like the time gap between dinner and the running and what to eat for dinner and all of that. Um, but ultimately, it's not the worst thing. Uh, it, can, it can make workouts tough. That's for sure. Yeah. But your your attitude right there is if this is what's presented to you is I think we want to adopt, you know, start practicing, maybe not adopting that mindset, but practicing because uh, sometimes behavior, uh, you know, behavior precedes uh, motivation, mood, whatever is adaptable. And instead of thinking that, you know, this is weird, this shouldn't be happening and all the, the negative chatter that this isn't how I envisioned it is, okay, what do I have to work with? Okay. I have 8 PM, 8 PM it is. And, you know, you punch your watch when you roll back into your driveway. Congratulations. Uh, you won the day. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely how I feel. Um, feel about it 
you know, it's it's it really just sort of like this this interesting thing where it's like the problem then becomes, all right, when am I recording the show? <laughs> so not to get too meta here <laughs> in terms of people listening no, no, to the no. show and I'm talking about you. the show, but like it works right now, like the past week when I've been doing the late the night runs, it's worked because um I've just been super busy during the day trying to do recordings and doing business stuff that um at night i'm not i you know i'm still doing stuff at night post run but it's not me recording no it's it's not it's completely independent work yeah but if the kids are home all day and then i'm running after they go to bed when's the talking (laughs) right when we when we're recording this show so are you uh, referring to mastering 40 or just the show in general just, just the show in general. Yeah, just the podcast okay. in general um, because it, it then becomes kind of a funny thing of like, you know, of, of trying, to, trying to make it all work um, and go from there. So uh, I guess I'll have to figure this out as we go because that, that's the thing. Doing all three is hard. Like it reminds me of when I was coaching – coaching when I was, when I was playing college basketball, um, our coach used to have this saying that I adopted when I coached, which was, hey – in college, there's you know, as a college athlete, there's three parts of your life. There's the academic part of your life, there's the social part of your life, and there's the athletic part of your life. And you can have two, especially if you're in season. And like that's kind of like what this is. Like there's the family part of the life, there's the business part of the life, and there's the athletic part of the life. And again, I, I think you can have three for sure. Um, but with the when the kids come home and they start working from home, which it looks like it's probably going to happen, like it already happened to my wife in her school district and like half the districts in Rhode Island. Um, so it's kind of like a win, not if situation. It's like, all right, I really got to figure this out. And maybe it means I'm running on the treadmill at three o'clock in the afternoon uh, and doing that. Um, which I can tell you, we might have a whole lot of conversations <laughs> if I'm running on the treadmill because those have not been very good experiences. But um, maybe that's the answer. But I'm kind of looking down the road like, all right, things are going well right now. But I'm like kind of peering around the corner like, what's next? So, you know, with what you've experienced so far, you know, I don't want to project too far into the future. But yes, we need to be mindful is you're probably going to get some curveballs thrown at you. Um, I mean, that's just kind of how life go. And if we're not, you know, on the payroll with Nike, we're going to have this stuff thrown at us. So with what you've learned, what you've gathered, I would use that experience. So let's say we don't know what's going to happen in the next week or two. But if we adopt the mindset of, you know what, whatever happens, I can handle it because I was in this situation here's how I solved the problem. Or I was in, I was in this situation and whatever it was ended up working out. So we kind of have kind of a flexible approach to it. Like when you were describing kind of the three, you know, areas of your life, um, imagine it's, it's kind of like one of those little, um, I'm trying to, those little puzzle toys where you have a blank space and you have to keep constantly moving it around and I'm a visual person, which, you know, as we talk through this, I'm nobody can see me, but I'm waving my arm around in my office uh, all alone like an idiot. But uh, <laughs> anyway, is we have these three circles and I think we're going to have to be constantly moving them around and giving us some grace for when, OK, maybe I do need to make a change or you know what, maybe today it's a a quote unquote bad run on the treadmill or no run at all. 
So we want to apply some creativity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I also wonder if like it can possibly shake, like shape what happens on the weekends too. I'm like, all right, if the weekdays are just going to be complete madness around the house, maybe it's like, all right, well, the schooling doesn't happen on the weekends. So maybe it's like, hey, we don't do workouts during the week. You know, it's just like, hey, we're going to try to run for an hour um, every day we can. You know, and if it's less than an hour, it's less. But let's see if we can run for an hour every day. And, you know, we'll do like, let's try to have like, you know, one really good workout on the weekend. And then like the other weekend day, it's a, it's a day off or, you know, or maybe, maybe I know it's kind of like, you know, it's actually you really shouldn't take a day off on the weekends because like in this situation, I think like try to save the days off for the weekdays because they're going to be so nuts. Yeah. It's probably better, you know, than having like a scheduled weekend day off where like, Hey, like really got to try to make work on these days because these other days are going to be harder to make it work. Yeah, like what, you know, what are some things that you can kind of install as constants? Obviously, the weekends is one of them. And we may have to kind of make some of our own rules for this if James is up to it. Because there's nothing sacred about taking Sunday off or Saturday doesn't have to be long run day. Um, You can do a workout on Saturday. Um, You know, it's, as as long as the work is getting done, um, you know, I'm not a coach, but I can see this as it doesn't matter if you make your big deposit on Tuesday or Thursday, it's still going into the bank. Right. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like right now, like if I knew all the kids were in school five days a week and they're not because on Mondays, um, they distance learn both of them. Um, that's just how Rhode Island is set up. But also like right now I'm like, Hey, Mondays are the off day because because they're home, so let's just schedule that as the off day, right? But in my head, I'm like, we should just make Tuesday, Friday the two big days because, like, those are the days where um, the kids are in school and I can make it work, right? I can do, like, a workout, say, on Tuesday and a long run on Friday, and I can make my schedule work around that. Um, and it's funny because then, like, or, you know, if they say they're home five days a week, then, it, like, it flips. It's like, no, 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 no. We're going to have to, like, make this weekend, like, the make the weekend the most of what it can be. And then really just try to do what you can the rest of the days slash off days. Yeah. I think it's, we definitely don't want to schedule, uh, we don't want to feel like a slave to our running schedule. Um, We want to be able to adapt and adjust. So I like that. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's, that's kind of where I am. Um, I've been thinking, I'm not trying to like focus on this at all, but um, during that week off, it also was like a nice reflection point of like, all right, this was, you know, James had kind of talked about it, like, this was like basically like the end of like that, that season, so to speak. Um, and all right, now we're going to relax a little bit and then we're going to like start ramping it up in you know, a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll, we'll get really get it going. And like, I think next week I'm hitting 40 miles, I'm supposed to hit 40 miles next week, which will be the first time I've done that through in this, in this project. So that's exciting. So definitely starting to ramp it up now. Um, so I was thinking about, all right, well, where am I right now from a fitness standpoint? And it's, you know, so I'm definitely happy with how, you know, progress has continued to happen, which is like the first thing, right? Consistency has been there, which was the, another thing, right? Staying healthy, which has happened, right? Besides one week, you know, then uh, and that doesn't matter. So those were the two big things. Um, my thought process, and I don't even know if this is important or not, but 
just thinking about like, all right, where, how has I progressed fitness wise in terms of bouncing back and gaining fitness and things like that? And I say bouncing back because once you've attained certain fitness levels, it's easier to get back to those points as opposed to like plowing a new frontier type idea. So, um, and I got to be honest, I expect if you would, if we had talked about this and said like, hey, Matt, where are you going to be first week in December if you stay healthy? I definitely would have thought that I'd be more fit slash faster right now um, than I am. So um, not that it worries me, but I am cognizant of it. Uh, Again, it's not a thorn in my brain or anything like that, but it is like, all right, like here's where we are. And it's not coming back. It's not, you're not snapping back into form like you have in the past. And, um, it's just an interesting thing, um, that I'm aware of and trying to make sure like, all right, like, again, not, not, it's not even changing my, my thought process, but it's, but it is something that, that, that I am aware of. And, um, I guess I just wanted to bring it up to see what your thoughts were on that. Okay. Um, so from, from day one, when we first started working together, you're a different runner. doesn't sound like you're where you want it to be or expected to be, which I love where your head's at on this is because you're just noticing it. It's not a, oh my God, you know, I'm not picking up a whole lot of emotion about it. But so within your control, kind of take kind of moving forward from today, what are some things that you think you can feasibly do that's going to help inch you a little bit closer towards this version of fitness that you would like? Given all the context that we just talked to talked about, and all my over explaining and metaphors, so on and so forth. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing is is that it's probably just a lack of mileage. Okay. Ultimately, and I know with the idea and goal being consistency, I know James was very reticent to give me more than I could handle. Um. So in that, and I appreciate that, you know, that's been part of the reason that I've been able to be healthy and consistent. Uh, but I think ultimately the lack of mileage, I think is, is probably going to be a big, a big reason for it. So I think the fact that I'm getting to 40 miles a week, or at least I'm planning on getting to 40 miles a week next week. Um, maybe, maybe that's going to think, start, start pushing the accelerator a little bit on terms of the, the fitness gains. Um, because I really wasn't there. I mean, most, almost all of my weekly mileage was in the twenties. Mm-hmm. Over the last several months. Which think about what you did just with that. Well, that's the thing is that I don't view what happened this fall slash early winter as some like fitness achievement. I think of it more as like, it's great that I was staying consistent. Awesome. But I never once was like, man, I'm really running fast or like, wow, look at this workout of these times. And, you know, again, I haven't dwelled on it either because I'm trying to, because I, I don't want to go down that path, but I'm also aware like, you know, these are not normally how fast you run in workouts when you're healthy. Like it's not even close. Uh, you know, if you went into like historically looking at it. So, um, so again, it's not, again this is, I'm not, I haven't brought it up in our conversations because I'm not dwelling on it. I'm not looking at it like that. But, uh, but, but when I think about what I've achieved this, this fall, I don't look at fitness as one of the achievements. I look at consistency was nice. Um, staying in the right mental headspace was nice and, and, and something I'm proud of. Yeah. You realize those two are a little more important and a little bit harder to build. 
So that we have these components in place. So it was simply showing back up again after your injury was the theme of the fall. What do we want to name this next chapter? What do we want to see? Well, I well, I think I think I need to get basically kind of re. I guess I think about it like this, and uh, I oftentimes I make this parallel with like weightlifting. Is that like you know I used to do a lot of weightlifting when I was in college as part of basketball, and I would take you know after I graduated I would take you know a long time off and I'm like you know I want to get back into lifting. I really I really do enjoy it. It would take me like a month, and then I'd get pretty close to back to where I used to be because all the pathways internally are already built, right? So it's just kind of recapturing where I once was um, as opposed to like really, you know, building from where you've never gone before, which can be so much harder. And it's just a, it's a, it's just a harder process. Um, so for me, it's kind of like, all right, let's get, get back to where you used to be in terms of your peak fitness. Cause I'm trying to do something I've never done. And going from, where I have been in the past when I was really fit to new goal is going to be a harder bridge to gap, a harder, yeah, a harder, harder bridge to cross than like where I am now to where I have been at my best. So I think like getting to that point, um, again, I don't want to put a timeline on it, but I think getting, getting to that point sooner rather than later would be valuable. Okay. So I don't know what, so you said, so what do I call it? I don't know, who, but. Who's in charge of that? Oh, me. Yep, exactly. So one thing that's jumping out at me, I don't know about you, but because you mentioned the motivation not being there is, and I think a couple times you kind of maybe talked yourself out of doing the run. I think moving forward that needs to be a habit that we want to walk away from. Yeah. You know, it's it's almost like we kind of have to not hate where we're at, but we have to really be honest with ourselves and be like, look, I have not progressed the way I wanted to. So I need to take responsibility with the space that I can work in and I need to seize every opportunity I have to increase the likelihood of me reaching these goals. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, last week when I had a couple of those days. Yeah. I just, I, I had kind of fallen out of the repetition. It was like the one week where I, I, the consistency had passed because of the injury. And then it was kind of re reclaiming the consistency that I'd kind of fallen, not fallen off the wagon. I'd stepped off purposefully. Yeah, and I, and I think sometimes we kind of have to reclaim consistency quite a bit. Like I do not live in New England, but it has gotten down into the 30s. We're used to it being in the 80s uh, most months out of the year. And I'm just like, why am I even going to do this? This isn't serving any purpose right now. And then I'm like, wait a minute, Adrian, you want to run a marathon next year. So you're not going to go out because you're cold? I'm like. I, I call bullshit on myself and I'm like, I don't care if you don't want to do it. Get your shoes on. Depending on uh, my mood for the day, sometimes the self-talk's a little more colorful, but that works for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that, shoes on. <laughs> there you go. And I think that I'll have to get to that point when it comes to the treadmill. Um, you know, I think running in cold weather, is just kind of baked into what goes on around here. And, you know, I have the, I have the clothes that can accompany it. You know, I think when you have, once you have the clothes part figured out, 
you know, after the first mile, it kind of takes care of itself. Um, Absolutely. Whereas with the treadmill, that has really, it's funny because when I was younger, I'm talking mid twenties, when I kind of got back into running, um, I remember this because it was, I, I was doing a lot of treadmill work because it kind of happened over the summer and it was like so darn hot where I, you know, it was, you know, again, it was 90 degrees and humid and like my chance to run the, the, the time of day I was choosing to run was like in the middle of the day. And I was like, I'd rather be in here in the fitness center than out there, like where there's no trees where we were at the college where I worked. So I got used to it. I was running five, six miles on the treadmill. And I just kind of got used to it. So it's funny. I look back in those days. I'm like, how did that seem like not that big of a deal? Like I run more now. How is this like, how did this become harder with me running more? It's just such a strange experience because it it definitely has. Perception. Yeah. It's our attitude slipped from, oh, I can handle this. This is not a big deal to... This is like a spinning medieval torture device, which um, it's not. Um, I think what we have to we have to realize is it takes kind of a different. You almost have to prepare a little bit to run in place. A lot of times, we're not nearly as tired as we think we are. Um, they've done studies, and I'm sure you've probably seen or heard of these studies where your RPE is harder because it's it's a perceptual thing. And I think if we realize, okay, am I tired? Am I working too hard? Or am I bored? Or am I bored? Am I trying to get out of this situation? So we may have to talk ourselves into, okay, just give me like three minutes on this thing. Uh, just like, you know, kind of a newbie runner. But if we're running in a different uh different context, different modality, we might need to kind of take that attitude again and kind of rebuild that mental strength. Yeah, and then you know when you talk about rating rating perceived effort. I think you know, it's it's totally true. And the other thing too is that sometimes it's not that like this is something that James talks about all the time, and I'd say it to my athletes too is that like your treadmill's probably wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that too. The, like one percent of treadmills are accurately like you know um, calibrated at one time, right? Your treadmill's probably off, and sometimes drastically. Uh, in, in in one direction or the other, um, and for me, my I have always just felt like whatever the treadmill says I was running, I felt like I was running thirty sec thirty seconds to a minute faster than it actually said. And yeah, and you could be right. And whether it is or isn't, it definitely feels that way. So it's like, all right, so what am I doing here? Am I, am I so let's just do an example, real life example from a couple weeks ago. Like, all right, so am I knocking this down to like? 5.5 miles an hour? Like, oh my God. So then it's like, all right. So am I just, so am I running for time now versus miles? And my, you know what I mean? So it's like, all right. So if I was going to run for five miles outside, that would be roughly 47 ish minutes, 46, 47 minutes. So I'm like, so am I going to do that? Am I going to run for 47 minutes versus miles? And then like, you know, and, and ultimately, I'm completely in my own head, just like looking at the thing, like what's going on here? How can I feel weird? So on and so forth. Yeah. Great question for, for coach, uh, how to convert that. Um, but I think it's, again, we kind of to circle us back is we don't want to talk ourselves out of it is cause we, we, then we start thinking, Oh, well, it's not right. Uh, you know, 
anything like that. I don't know if the numbers are correct. How do I do this? We, we want to make this, I, I think is we want to make this as simple as possible is just putting time in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause yeah, they, it is probably is an inaccurate treadmill. Um, but is it, it's, if that's what you got to work with, that's what you've got to work with. And you get on there and you tolerate it and you reach your time goal. Good for you. That's almost as good as double, uh, outside. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause like, and then I think about that, uh, Ryan holiday book, um, the obstacles the way. And I'm like, if I kind of, if I can really like conquer this treadmill thing, like that would probably be really helpful in a lot of ways. <laughs> like I remember I did this whole thing, like this half an hour, like, yes, this is the, you know, I, and, and I knew if part of it was like a farce, but I'm like talking to myself, like, this is the answer. This is, this is how it's going to happen. I'm going to become a treadmill runner. And that's going to be how, like, I, you know, I really kind of master some of this mental stuff. Um, not that like, I felt like, you know, I was completely in the toilet from a mental perspective, but that was kind of like psyching myself up. Like, you're going to, this is going to be awesome. Like, this is going to be, you know, what leads you down this path. And then I hop on, I'm like a mile and a half in. I'm like, screw this. I'm out of here. So you set yourself like up to fail like, is if you're thinking it's going to be awesome, but you know, deep down, you, you're really not that into it. It's almost a bigger fall off the cliff. So really, we almost need to think like, this is going to suck a little bit, but I can do it. That's a good point. We, we want to be, yeah, we want to be realistic and honest with it. And I have this, you know, it's a personal theory. Uh, with treadmill running and it's there's that the midpoint of a race or there's that point when the adrenaline wears off and we really have to focus in on what we're doing to stay on pace and we have to manage being a little bit bored not being not being stimulated and that can potentially train your brain to manage that a little bit better yeah, I believe it. And that's kind of what was – that's a nice way of putting what was in my head when I was like, if I can master this treadmill thing, I think this will unlock a lot of doors. Yeah, it, 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 it's mental training it is what it is. So I think we've come up with just a little bit of a challenge. I don't think we need to like label, oh, I need to become a treadmill runner. You're a runner. And a true runner can run pretty much anywhere, anytime, any place. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're in love with where it is or what it is that they're running, but you're just like, okay, this is what I have. This is what I have to work with. And, uh, cause I remember this is going to make me sound, uh, even crazier than I already do. But I remember one day I stole this idea from Steve Magnus. If that's any indication where I'm going with this, I wanted to see if I could do a 10 miler on a treadmill without music, without TV. And I wasn't just going to just do this when I had all this great space to run to, uh, to run on. I remember I was traveling, I was doing, I was doing a presentation that weekend and my hotel was on the freeway. I'm not going to go do a long run on a feeder road. Um, I value my life more than that. So <laughs> hotel treadmill there, was there was a TV behind the treadmill, but this was as much of a sensory deprivation space as you can get for a runner. And I walked down there. I'm like, okay, I'm like, this is going to be really hard. 
And so I'm just like, well, how do we treat this? Is we're going to be okay with being uncomfortable. And we're taking this like two miles at a time. So, I mean, I, after the initial resistance, it got easier. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is actually kind of cool that I'm doing this. So even if we get into kind of a negative mindset, we can get out of it and swing the other way. So yeah, I finished my 10 miles on the treadmill and had this odd sense of personal satisfaction that in my head, I was the most mentally tough woman in the world, at least for that moment. Well, you can self-diagnose. That's the beauty of that. Yeah. Have I, yeah. Have, have <laughs> I done it since? Uh, yeah, I actually have, but I think I had, I think I did listen to some music, so I was cheating. So music's great. I, I mean, I think especially pairing it with something positive to create more follow through is, you know, crank your headphones up is you want to pair it with something that's going to give you a little bit of a dopamine hit. That makes a lot of sense. So are you, are you brave enough? Got to go where we haven't gone before. Yes. With that said, I'm not going to force the issue. How about that? If I don't have, okay. if, if the kids aren't home, I'm not going to like force myself to run on the treadmill. Is that fair? Or should I do that anyway? No. No, it's like okay. a, a run in my book, and I think your coach would agree, a run is a run. Oh, no, for sure. I just mean in terms of like what you're talking about. Like, should I just start doing more treadmill runs or should I say, nope, when I need to do the treadmill versus outside, these are the skills I'm going to adopt? Yeah, exactly. It's, okay. This is my only option. Here's my tools I'm going to use. Gotcha. Because we don't race on treadmills, so... Yeah. Anyway, I didn't realize that I was going to preach about treadmill running for 10 minutes. Uh, sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> anyway. I appreciate it because I needed it. I'm, or I, may I am need on it. the rambling runner for crying out loud. So there's that. Yeah, the, name, the, the name is stuck for a reason. Adrian, thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate the conversation. You're so welcome. James and Adrian, thank you so much for helping me. I should have said this during the intro. If you're new to Mastering 40, James is my running coach. He's also the head and founder of McCurdy Trained with his wife, Heather, the most popular run coaching group in the country. In addition to that, Adrian Lancelier is a certified sports psychologist, wonderful runner, and in addition to that, a really good shoe reviewer as well for Believe in the Run. Thank you to them. Also, big ups to my... Uh, my sponsors, Tracksmith, Prevenex, and Inside Tracker, they're with me every step of the way this entire year. So help me out. Go check them out. Because not only do they sponsor the show, and I'm so appreciative of that, they have great stuff, which is why I'm working with them. That's a big thing here on the show. There's plenty of companies that want to sponsor the show because of you, because of this wonderful audience made of people like you who are dedicated amateur runners. But I only work with companies that I know and trust. So. Believe me, you can trust them. Go check them out. I know you need gear. I know you need supplements. And ultimately, you want to know what's going on with your body, which is why Inside Tracker is so useful as well. So go check them out. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Lastly, before we get going, have you checked out the Rambling Runner Virtual Summit yet? This summit is exactly for the kind of people who listen to this, these kind of episodes, the Mastering 40 episodes, and say, you know what? This is the kind of thing I'm going through. 
this is the kind of journey that I'm on, that I want to be on, that I want to be my best self. That's exactly why I started the Rambling Runner Virtual Summit, was to provide you with all of the information that you need to eliminate the barriers to you achieving what you can become. Okay, I don't want knowledge or insight to be the reason or the thing that's holding you back, which is exactly why the summit was created. So this is going to be January 15th to 17th. You can register at any point, but register now or shoot, you can even gift it to a runner. Um, you're going to get lifetime access to all the videos and to put the content into podcast form as well. You'll have it for the rest of your life and it's going to be really, really good stuff. 23 of the best people in the running community bringing you their expertise in a wide variety of topics that are going to pertain to so many dedicated amateur runners. So go over to theramblingrunner.com forward slash summit, and it's all there waiting for you. Thank you so much for listening, and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.